Welcome to another episode of the Money and Business Hero podcast, where we talk about the three pillars of financial success, money mindset, money management, and money making. My name is Florian Fritz, and my guest today, Jen Patterson, is the founder of Dollar Divas, a money coaching company that supports female entrepreneurs who need financial assistance with their businesses. With more than 12 years of experience, Jen has mastered the psychology of money, the step-by-step process of growing a business, and the art of creating financial stability. Welcome to the show, Jen. Great to have you here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. So cool. Let's start with your story. How did you become the financial expert, master all these things and start dollar <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, it's a long story, so I'll try my best to keep it short and sweet. So um, I've always been fascinated by money. Um, since the ripe old age of like 15 years old, I wanted to know more about money, more about making money and how money makes money. And so I dove into studies at university. I did my degree in economics and then went straight into financial advising. Loved that. Did it for about five years. And then when it came time for me to start my family, I realized that the lifestyle of a financial advisor didn't necessarily mesh terribly well with raising kids. So I gave up my licenses and went into the coaching field and into the online space so that I could be at home with my kids. Um, Dollar Divas was born during my time as a financial advisor. I realized that the education options for women when it came to money were pretty terrible. Um, and so I went to work and did it myself. We started out with just in-person meetings where women would gather. We'd talk about money, growing wealth, financial freedom. And it was a wonderful experience. And from there, it's progressed into my coaching practice where very much the ideals are the same. It's helping women feel comfortable with money, feeling comfortable asking questions and growing their wealth in a way that feels authentic to them. Okay, cool. So first question... Uh, why women? Is there a difference? You said uh, uh, it's, it's especially for women hard to get financial education. Is it really mm -hmm. harder for women than for men? Or is it just something that you felt you were closer to? Um, it honestly is much more difficult. So one of the things that I have found over and over and over again in my time, uh, just as a woman in general, is anytime I go somewhere like a financial institution or to talk to somebody about finances, I get spoken down to or completely ignored. And so, you know, it's not necessarily anybody's fault, but society views women as less good with money. There's all the jokes about, oh, women love to shop and, you know, women aren't good with money and all of this. It's BS, honestly, but it's still there. And I found that when women sought financial advice or even just financial education, you know, even in my degree in economics, I was usually one of a handful of women in a group of 30 or 40. And so, you know, we were very much ignored in the space. And so that was where I felt like I needed to step in and, and create somewhere that allowed women to ask the questions and not feel like they were going to be talked down to or, or ignored. Awesome. Great. Well, so good job. <laughs> good Thank you. Offering that. <laughs> great, great you're offering that. Um, now you said you're helping them feeling more comfortable with money. What does it take yes. to feel comfortable with money? <sighs> well, money touches everything. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow we are not really taught about it, especially in North America. Um, 
there's not really any financial education in in our school systems. And unless you happen to be raised in a household where money is talked about freely, you get to be an adult and you're expected to be good with money, but no one really teaches you how. And there's also the pressures of wanting money is seen as bad and greedy and unethical. So you're not only fighting how to be strategic and how to use money effectively and efficiently, but you're also fighting the desire to want a lot of money because you might be seen as greedy or bad or evil or insert terrible thing here. So <laughs> getting comfortable with both of those things is a process and it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And so that's a lot of what I focus on, especially in when I'm working with the mindset side of things with my clients is teaching them to not only be okay with wanting money, but also, you know, being able to grow it in a way that feels good to them so that they aren't fighting that, you know, inside voice of their head saying, this is bad, this is greedy, you, you shouldn't be doing this. Okay, can you uh, give us the process how you do that? I know we won't have time <laughs> to actually do the whole thing. I know we don't have time for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In short, what's the process to, to, to do that? Well, it's a it's a number of different things. So the first thing that we always do with, with all of my clients is we dig through their money history because we all have a money history. We all have early money memories of, you know, how money was talked about in our childhoods, what our first memories of it, what our first experiences with it were. And so we dig into some of those things and we, you know, pinpoint what are those forming memories of your life and how is that carrying forward into your adulthood whether consciously or subconsciously and so we'll start to dig into that and usually even just writing down the memories and writing down some of those first experiences a lot of the clients that i work with will have these moments of oh my gosh that's where this comes from you know i remember my mom saying money is the root of all evil and for some reason that day it stuck and that's what I've carried with me into my adulthood. And then we start to work on like rewiring those thoughts and beliefs of, you know, money is not the root of all evil. Money is just the tool that provides lubricant for things to happen, whether it's good, bad, or the other thing. And it depends on whose hands it's in and helping clients go through the process of redoing, re, I'm sorry, re wiring those thought processes. And one of the things I work with a lot is language. So a lot of people will say things like, I'm broke, I can't afford it. And it just perpetuates the same thoughts and the same beliefs around money. And so we'll start to rework those things that they're saying. So one of the ones I love to use is, I can't afford it. And I always sort of like to remind people to, instead of saying, I can't afford it all the time, you can say, well, I'm choosing to spend my resources elsewhere. You know, because most of the time it's a decision. It may be a decision between paying your mortgage or your rent and doing this other thing, but it's still a choice. You could default on your mortgage and go do this other thing. It's just a terrible choice. Most people won't do that. And yet you'll say, well, I can't afford it. And it's not that you can't, it's that you're choosing to maintain your mortgage rather than go do this other thing. And it's like I said, it's an obvious choice, but it is still a choice. And it puts the power back in the hands of the individual and takes it out of the hands of the money. And that, you know, slowly over time, it's not something that's going to happen overnight and it's not something that's going to happen in a week. And it's not something you can even tick off a list and be like, okay, I'm done that now, moving on. It's something you have to work on perpetually and consistently 
to really find change. But it it does happen if you take those small steps of you know rethinking. Um, the other one that I always quite often do with people is I'll ask them to ask themselves why and be curious about why they're doing things. So when you go to make a decision, take a minute and go, okay, well, why am I making this choice? What is it that's driving me to either spend this money, not spend this money, um, you know, hire this person, not pay my bill? Like what is what is going on there? And just take a step back and be curious about it and see what's happening inside. You know, do you have feelings about it? Or are you just doing something purely out of habit? And so those are some of the other things that I work on with my clients to help change some of that mindset and and rework their their inner beliefs. Okay, great. So we're working on those beliefs. We're changing those beliefs. Um, is that enough or do we have to do something as well? Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad you said so. Uh, because I really, I love what you said at the beginning about the three pillars of, of money I think you said money management, uh, because like it really, yeah, yeah it, it really is more than one. And I find that in the financial world, you'll find that most experts will fixate on one aspect. Like they talk only about mindset and they'll say it's, you know, 99.9% .9 mindset. And it's like, well, if you can just sit on the couch and think nice thoughts, then that would be great. But we have to do things. <laughs> we have to take action. We have to do the things to make the money. And so mindset and strategy have to work hand in hand if you're going to be financially successful. And so, you know, that's the other part of what I teach is how to handle your cash flow. So I don't necessarily teach people how to go out and, and build businesses. I can work with some of the different structures on how to grow businesses and how to find help. Um, but really what I focus on is cash flow management. And the reason for that is in my years as a financial advisor, I came across the same story over and over again with entrepreneurs who were amazing at their trade. They loved their jobs. They loved their businesses and they had no problem bringing in new clients and revenue. And yet they were still living the feast famine lifestyle or, you know, that hand to mouth. Oh my gosh, I have to hustle all the time because I always need to be bringing in more money. And I'm thinking like, why? What's, why are you not more financially stable? And it usually came down to the fact that no one ever really taught them how to manage their cash flow in a way that created financial stability for themselves. And so that's, where the strategy part of my practice comes in is teaching that basic strategy to make sure that bills are paid, you're personally paid, you've got money for a saved for emergencies and that sort of thing. So that is the other part of it. And what I teach is what I call the bank account architecture. So it's not necessarily using one bank account to manage your business finances, but using multiple different bank accounts, each with a very specific job to do. The reason for that is when I had my kids, I no longer had time to spend looking at profit and loss statements and pouring over spreadsheets. That just wasn't an option anymore because I had a two-year-old or a baby that was screaming in the other room and I needed to deal with that. So I needed something quick and easy. And that was when the bank account architecture was born. Um, so what it creates is a way for you to see in an instant exactly where you stand. So having each account separated out, you can know, okay, I've got this much sitting in my expenses account. Yes, I can spend this money or no, I can't. It's a very quick decision. And you know, one of the things I recommend is always having a different bank account for all of your different 
needs. So, you know, the thing I love about it is it's very flexible because everybody can build an architecture that works for them because we obviously all of our businesses, all of our brains are very, very different and we need something that will be able to support all of those different things. And and that's why I teach what I teach because it really is very flexible and very effective. Awesome. I, I love having multiple bank accounts. I highly recommend that too. People <laughs> say, why would I need more than one bank account? Well, yeah. Um, which is, is there any like basic uh, account, amount of accounts and purposes that you recommend? Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, it really depends on, on yourself as a person and your business. Um, I personally run three different businesses, all with wildly different architectures. But at the very basic amounts of it, I always start with a deposit account. Um, that's sort of like your money inbox. One of the things I've noticed in business is we get paid from a myriad of different avenues these days. Um, I know that a lot of my clients will have money coming in from PayPal. They'll have money coming in from Square or Stripe. They'll have money coming in from Venmo. Uh, in Canada, we have something called e-transfers where you're able to email money. So there's no one central place where we all just collect income from. So that's what I created with the deposit account. And then from there, I always recommend you absolutely have to have a tax account where you put your tax dollars, those money, that money doesn't belong to you, put it somewhere else where it's out of sight and out of mind. And that way tax season is much less stressful. Um, an emergency account so that you can siphon money away for when something goes wrong. Cause I don't know what's going to go wrong and I don't know when, but I know something's going to go sideways and having cash is going to make it a heck of a lot easier. And then the other basic account is generally your operating expenses. So making sure that you've got money to pay operating expenses and things like that. Beyond that, there's always the additional ones that can be helpful. So a paycheck account, that's one of the things that I use with a lot of my more established clients to create a steady paycheck, a sort of a nine to five income without the nine to five part of it. And then a, what I call the growth account. And that is stashing money aside for growth opportunities that you may not be aware of yet but you want to be able to take advantage of when they present themselves, whether that's expanding your retail space, investing in new equipment or a marketing manager or a VA, um, having that, that money already put aside when the opportunity presents itself, um, again, just makes life a lot less stressful. Um, and then beyond that, I've got clients with, you know, 12 accounts in their architecture that all do a whole bunch of different things. So that's just the way that they wanted to set it up. Um, you know, whether it be payroll or rent or, you know, the sky's really the limit. Okay, great. Sounds good. Uh, I would definitely follow uh, some, some structure like that. So that's a good idea, good tip, definitely. Now, you said something about the nine to five income uh, without the nine to five job. Uh, can you explain that a bit? Uh, yes, Absolutely. <laughs> So creating that nine to five income, that's one of the questions I get asked all the time um, is like, how do you manufacture that? Because, you know, we all understand as a business owner, we can't predict from week to week, month to month, what we're going to earn and how sales are going to go and all of that. That's It's always a very difficult thing to navigate. And when you're dealing with traditional budgeting advice, it always assumes that you know what you're going to be making. And that doesn't work as a business owner. So Creating that nine to five income, what I suggest is having a separate bank account that's just to carry your paycheck. And you 
use a percentage of your revenue and you put that into your paycheck account. And as you grow and as your business becomes more established, then you treat that bank account like a well. So when you're having a really good month, maybe it's seasonal and you're in your busy season, you fill the well, but instead of paying yourself out the whole amount of what's in there, you pay yourself out 70 to 80% of what's in there. And then you let it build. And once it's created the beautiful little nest egg for you, then you can just pull out a salary from that nest egg. And when it's things are flush, then it will fill. And when things are a little leaner or in your off season or you take time off or whatever reason, you've still got money to draw on to create that salary for you so that you can, it gives you the time freedom to be able to go, okay, I'm going to take this time off or, you know, we're in our off season, but I'm not going to panic or, you know, something's shifted in my business and I want to pivot. And it gives you the time to be strategic about that rather than panicking and hustling for business you don't necessarily want. Uh, and it, it really just creates time and freedom for you. And, and that's really very simple. It's just a matter of doing the work. And it can take anywhere from six months to a year to create a really solid nest egg that's going to pay you out that that salary, but it's worth it. And then once you have it, it's just going to create so much more freedom for you. Awesome. Well, uh, if you build it well, you can act as if you were an employee in Austria where you actually get 14 salaries a year. <laughs> so you can pay yourself a vacation money in summer and a Christmas money in winter extra. <laughs> exactly. So sounds good. Okay, so... We're working on the money mindset. We're managing our money. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, let's assume everybody's doing this now. If, if you haven't done so, start today. Okay, please do that. Um, what else? Is there any, any special habits that help me build wealth? Any, uh, any things I can do? Uh, I love that you said oh. habits. Habits. I'm a big believer in habits because motivation, determination, while they're great, they're fickle and they tend to disappear first. So habits are the things that are there to support you no matter what. And one of the big habits that I have cultivated over my lifetime and I always work on with my clients is creating what I call the money power hour. And that is a time when you pay attention to your finances and it's got to happen once a week. And, you know, if you can't carve out an hour once a week to have a look at what's going on with your finances, then something's got to change. Because if you're not paying attention, then it's not going to be there for you when you need it. And so, you know, creating a habit around that. And the thing that I always start with is your trigger habit. And so if I've read a, a wonderful book by the name, uh, by a gentleman by the name of BJ Fogg called Tiny Habits. And it's about how to build habits strategically to support whatever goals you're trying to accomplish. And he believes, and you know, I believe as well, that once you start something, it's much easier to continue rather it is than just to start and try and do the whole thing. So he's all about creating one tiny little habit and that becomes the win. And if you carry on and do the whole process, great. But if not, you celebrate just doing the one tiny little thing. So his example was always um, exercising. So for example, your habit would just be putting on your running shoes. If you do put on putting on your running shoes, great, you win, move on. But most people, what they'll do is they'll put their running shoes on and then go, oh, well, I've already got my shoes on. I might as well go for a walk. 
or I might as well get on the treadmill and they'll actually do the thing. And so it's cultivating that tiny habit that creates big change. And so the way I apply it here is what's your kickoff habit for looking at your finances? Is it making a cup of coffee? Is it sitting down at your desk and gathering your paperwork? Like, what is that tiny thing that you can cultivate and celebrate to kick off your money power hour and making sure that that happens every week? And the other thing is the reason I say every week is a lot's going to happen in 30 days. I can barely remember what I did this morning, let alone what I did 31 days ago. And so when I try and look at my finances once a month, inevitably I'll look at a receipt or a bill or something and go, no, hang on. What was this? What did I buy? I don't remember. Whereas I can generally keep track of it over seven days and it makes it so much easier and it's much less work. And I say an hour, but really I can usually kick off, you know, kick through my my money stuff for all three of my businesses in less than an hour um, because it's, it is all very straightforward and and flows beautifully now because I've done it so consistently for so long. And and that really is an amazing habit that will transform the way you look at your finances and the way you interact with your finances. Even if you completely ignore everything else that I've said over the last 20 or 30 minutes, if you do this one thing, then that will completely change the way you see your finances because you'll be more aware of them and you'll be more engaged with them. I'm sure that's right, because if you focus on money every week, then you'll you'll do all the rest anyway. Yeah, it's just the way that our brains work. It, what focus, what gets focused on gets more attention. And if you pay attention to it, then subconsciously you will just improve the way that you manage your money. It just it'll just happen. And it's it's beautiful. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. So start the weekly money power hour. Uh, best idea is to maybe decide on a time where you do it every week right now. <laughs> yes. So look at your calendar. Look at your calendar. And the other thing you can always do is tack it onto something you already do, you know, on a weekly basis or even on a daily basis. You know, just find a day, find a time. So one of the things that I used to like to do when my daughter was really tiny is I would put my daughter to bed in the evenings and I would get my laptop and my iPad out. I would throw on an episode of Grey's Anatomy and that was my trigger. And because, you know, that was something I could just sort of leave in the background. I didn't like to look at the gooey bits. And so I would just have it on and I would do my power hour and that's what worked for me. And so it doesn't always have to be sit down at your desk and be really strict about it. It can be whatever works for you, but just find a something that you already do that you can just tack on to the, the money power hour to it. Cool. Great. Thank you for that tip. Now, you said you've been fascinated by money uh, like forever. Uh, today, how important is money for you, Jen? Money touches everything. And the internet connection that you and I are talking on over, you know, miles and miles and miles, the laptops, any device that anyone's listening to this on, money has touched. And so... Money is very, very important as a tool to create the life that I want. And it's going to be the thing that's going to give me the lifestyle and the experiences that I want to create for myself and my family. So while I am a big believer that money is not everything, I do believe that money is very important. 
And it is a high priority in my family and in my life so that we can create an amazing life for ourselves. Awesome. Great. Thank you. And my favorite question of them all, what is your best wealth building tip for our audience? I've said it once. I'll say it again. Pay attention. Pay attention to your money and your money will grow. It really is that simple. Um, if you're struggling with paying attention, start with just looking at your bank accounts and celebrating the fact that you are able to look at your bank accounts. From there, then you can start working on cutting back. You can start working on growing more money, looking at, you know, ways to earn more money, ways to reinvest your money, ways to, you know, grow your wealth, but just pay attention. It really is the best way to increase your wealth. Awesome. Short and sweet, pay attention. Thank you, Jen, for that, for that great wealth building tip. Now, if somebody would like to reach out for you, learn something about Dollar Divas or, or, or anything, where can they find you? Absolutely. So you can check out my website, dollardivas.org. I've got tons of great freebies on there. Uh, I've got a wonderful one that I've had some great feedback on, which is 50 money moves that you can make to improve your financial life. And that is 50 really small, really quick tips that you can implement today to start transforming your finances. Um, they're all stuff that you can do in like less than 10 minutes because that's all I ever have in my life is less than 10 minutes. And um, you can also check out my programs there, the Simple Money Roadmap and uh, some brand new courses that I'm going to be launching in January, Business and Money 101 for both service and product-based businesses. Or you can check out my Instagram, jenpatterson.biz. That's why I share tons of stuff there as well. And you can you know, get some behind the scenes of what it's like to be a three-time business owner and a mom and, you know, get to look at cute pictures of my dog. Awesome. Great. Thank you. I'll share those links with the notes. Thank you so much for coming, Jen. Uh, would you like to add anything? Did we forget something important? I think we've covered it. <laughs> well done. Great job. Then thanks again for coming. Thank you everyone for listening and please don't forget to like this episode, leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss the next show. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Money and Business Hero podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some value from it. Please take a moment to leave a rating or even better, a review. That helps awesome people like you to find the show and me to produce more and even better episodes. And don't forget to subscribe. If you want to get regular free tips, tools, techniques on how to build wealth and financial freedom, or simply how to improve your financial life in all three pillars of financial success, join my free Money Hero Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Money Hero, find the link in the description, or find out more on the website moneyheroacademy.com. See you there. <laughs>